No matter where your business is today or where you want to take it, you'll get there faster and more profitably with an operating system. Welcome to Team OS, your guide to starting, growing, and optimizing a real estate team. Here's your host, Ethan Butte. This episode of Team OS features John Cheplak, who is dedicated to growing real estate teams and companies by developing stronger human beings. We recorded this together in person at the JW Marriott LA Live in downtown Los Angeles at FubCon. And by watching or listening, you'll get John's insights into the advantages that today's teams have over traditional brokerages, into tracking fewer but more meaningful metrics, into enrolling people successfully into mutual accountability, and into sustainably growing your business by reframing the way you think about your P&L. John also shares some of the top takeaways from his recent Tahoe Mastermind. Here's my conversation with John Chaplack. John, man, thank you so much for making time for this. You bet. Appreciate you. Uh, to get going, I've asked this question to dozens of people now in the past couple of days, and I'm going to ask it to you too. What is a must-have characteristic of a high-performing team? Standards that are actually enforced, period. Mm-hmm. That simple. Yeah. They all have them, but your standards aren't what is in the contract. Your standards are based on the behavior that you allow or do not allow. It is the... It's the make or break period. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, how do we, I mean, so much of like, and I, I feel like we're going to get into a lot of like behavior and psychology. <laughs> right. I feel like, cause yeah. I love it. I know it's, it's like under underpins yeah. everything you do. Yeah. Um, how do we put like mechanical definitions on, or do we on the types of behaviors, the tone, the language, um, how do we set some of those standards? Mm-hmm. Like, I think, I, I think it's easy for a lot of people to say, we have very high standards and our service is above average. And we don't like, mm-hmm. how do we like really practically for someone that's like, okay, I've tolerated a wide variety of behaviors and actions and treatments of other people, customers, other agents inside and outside the team or the brokerage, whatever. Um, how do we start locking that down a little bit? How do we start putting definitions on it? Or is it just a cultural model thing? No, there is there's science to it. Uh, mission, principles, values, but not in the form. I mean, because we see that first step of, okay, I've got them. And then what happens a lot of times are these, these big college words that are on the wall and no one even understands or even reads them anymore. Uh, so number one, it is establishing those. They are part of the interview process. They are part of every decision that is made. They are part of the sales meeting at the very beginning. They are read in the beginning. They were read at the end um, publicly while respecting human beings because, you know, sometimes people are not going to align to those principles or values or something's going to happen and, and, and letting people go with dignity, but always letting people know that every decision is based on those because otherwise you end up with this grayness that our industry is full of as it is. Mm -hmm. And so then we have these challenges of, uh, Oh gosh, it can't be, it can't be black and white. I'm watching today. And, and, and many leaders have been forced to learn it because they had no choice. And now they're thinking, why didn't I just do that before? Um, you can do it if you choose to do it, and you do it the right way and you will win because you're going to impact people's lives. So I think it's mission principles, um, values. I think it is, uh, repeating it over and over again. 
Every decision is made based on it. And publicly, when you make decisions, bring it back to those. Yeah, really good. And probably also things that you celebrate or train against. Um, you reinforce, you use those as teachable moments as well. Yep, 100%. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now let's talk to the kind of the practical side of it that is even probably, and you tell me, more difficult for more people, which is accountability and tracking. Tracking and accountability mm -hmm. relative to those standards. Mm -hmm. um, what do those look like? How do you advise? I mean, you know, obviously someone leading a team of, let's just make up a number, 42 agents, mm -hmm. even if they have really good people around them, you know, you can't track all of the things. So like, how do you advise tracking in order to create healthy accountability? Sure. I, and, and I love where you went into it because there's, there's two parts to it. You can have the scientific part down, but if you don't have the emotional intelligence, the emotional maturity to take someone through a process of accountability where they don't feel condemned, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think the, the critical piece is your communication skills. Your, you under, seek first to understand, then be understood. Don't go fast, go slow, you know, constantly living in rhetorical questions. Rhetorical questions, in my experience in leadership, are, are the most powerful questions, allowing them to bring it forward, um, keeping why. So, so that human behavior thing, keeping why out of it, the minute you put why in there, uh, it's over because I'm going on defense mode because what we know also, the people you lead, there's an element of of their parent they chose to work for. Mm -hmm. And the number one thing we want from our parents is approval. Leaders don't think that scientifically. Um, it's interesting because I just spoke to that. I think there's many ways. Um, I, I, here's what I've seen, okay? Uh, and because of the, I don't get no, nothing for plugging this. It's I, I just talk from integrity and it's, the average contact attempts is everything. If I were to go to one metric that tells me darn near everything and take me down the right hole, because I think there's this over analysis, like what you said too. I mean, we, we could go down so many rabbit holes on one age, but your text to call ratio was 3.2 and it should be this and your email to call ratio and your time on the call and this and that. And you can, and, and they're all valid. Mm-hmm. But the one that I've watched that moves the needle the most is what average reach out attempts on two, two big ones, average reach out attempts um, on leads and then the first 10 days of a lead. And then and then what I've got tied to that is um, sales on a quarterly basis. And that's all over the board. I've got some people that are, you know, you've, you've got to sell uh, six homes in a quarter, some are three homes in a quarter. Yeah. But I think I think keep it really simple. Yeah, I think the most important thing you did there is say, yeah, we can pay attention to all these things, but let's find the ones that truly matter and let's pay attention to them. Something I feel like you have something to say on. Yeah. I know I have an opinion. I want you to validate me is what I'm really okay. doing all here. Right, cool, you know? cool, yeah. yeah. Same as you said before, I'm looking for approval for my own thoughts from other people. <laughs> um, so it, it, it's, it's the number of contacts and all these things we can look at. Mm -hmm is really all about, and I'll just say it this way, we want X. So in order to get X, we need to produce seven X of this. Mm -hmm. And if we want seven X of this, then we need to do 10 X of that, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So, and, and this is like calls to sets, to holds, mm -hmm. to whatever's, to whatever's. And implied in all of that is that there is a, is a ratio, but it's, it's like, it's about what? It's about a baseline. It's about some historical metric. Mm -hmm. And what it doesn't take advantage of is how are we actually doing the 10X? 
how are we actually doing? Because not all the calls are the same. Not all appointments are the same. And I feel like if we spend more time in how are we executing these things, not just how often are you pounding, 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 we would get to the same place by probably annoying fewer people, both our agents and our clients. Thoughts on any of that? Valid, because there are only two. That's the neat thing about real estate. Uh, we're sitting down with an agent and they want to do more or you know, they just want their business looked at. Well, great. It is activity or skills. There's nothing else. And so what you're talking about is and, and, and 90 percent of the challenges leaders have is with agents activity but 100 percent as long as you have moved them to that activity it is then the mastery and i am i am about that because the mistake that leaders make so it's a it's a 100 resounding yes but here's the reason why it doesn't happen is because leaders we're all humans we want to validate ourselves especially leaders part of it there's that thing in there i've got that helper thing in me and so they keep throwing new training on instead of going back to the same training and mastering. Mm -hmm. You know, my buddy worked, um, didn't work, played, probably worked for him. He was in Belichick and Brady's locker room. Okay. He said it was the most boring, miserable part of his life. And that's what winning was about. His foot reps. would be, yeah, just reps, mastery. He said that, you know, they'd be across the, the field and, 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 and Belichick would yell, Brady, Evans run it again you stepped one like over and over and over and and a leader's got to have the strength to keep going back there instead of the validation but they've also got to have the enrollment skills to get people to understand the mastering the mundane and that's really not to go off on the tent that's what belichick's mastered yeah that's fantastic i appreciate that language of uh enroll as well speak mm -hmm. a little bit to that i mean mm -hmm. um part of what i heard in that word in the in the context is you know, we can't want things for other people. They mm -hmm. have to want it for themselves. Mm -hmm. um, and we can't force someone into joining, whatever joining means, joining this mindset, joining this By philosophy. a choice. Correct. Yeah. 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 So mm -hmm. we need to enroll them in. There's a welcoming mm -hmm. aspect of that. Um, there's a formality to that word, right? Mm -hmm. I am enrolling in something like it needs to be in, a, in, in that. I feel like there's like a clear communication piece. Talk about the word enroll. Sure. Enroll. I mean, it's so encompassed so many things. You know, we're in a sales business and we're hiring salespeople and recruiting is uh, it's a 10x ROI one recruit. It's really a 100x if you really to map out. OK, over the life of you with my organization as a recruit, the retained dollars that I'm going to get from you over time versus one sale, which I might get some referrals. It, 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 it's huge. So. But, but the key piece is in the enrollment process is, is it goes like this. A, create an experience of what it's going to be like when someone works with you, chooses you, or buys the product as best as you possibly can. Mm -hmm. um, in the enrollment process, expecting nothing in return and coming from a foundation of relational versus transactional. And sure, you've got your KPIs, sure, you've got your numbers you've got to hit, but just staying true to that mission. Uh, being crystal clear in the enrollment process of what someone wants. Stop being the hero. You know, the simple hero guide. Um, see how you can facilitate the condition for that person to be the hero and make sure that them being the hero in what they want maps morally, ethically, from a personal standpoint, and also from a professional standpoint. So I think the, the enrollment process is 
is really it's enrollment, it's indoctrination, it's it's experiential before anyone makes a choice, almost to the point of, hey, free trial offer. That's what enrollment is. But then also, though, is making sure that it is mutual accountability. In our industry, it's singular accountability a lot of the time. The leaders think they've got the accountability because mutual is respect. It's mutual. No, many of them are on their heels, not holding people to standards because the agents hold them accountable. Hey, you better, the leads better get better. Hey, you better do this. You better do that. Or the split better, right? So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, how do you advise some of your best team leaders, mm -hmm. most successful, um, to invite people to hold them accountable? Uh, to declare, uh, publicly declare what they're doing. When the agents... Uh, for example, a great example um, is an exercise we do called go to the board. So quarterly, and I really break things down simple. You know, big business plans are great, but here's what we know. People do a big business plan, it goes in the drawer and they never look at it again. Yeah. So we do this declaration process of um, how many homes you're going to sell. What's the one lever? If you go all in on this one lever that's specific, measurable, and actionable, it'll happen. And what's the one thing you want to have happen personally? So every agent does that. Then the leader has to go up at the end and they have to declare from an organizational standpoint, public declaration. We have, and, and, and then they declare it to them, let them know too. Listen, we are, um, you're not my customer. You are my business partner. Okay. We have mutual accountability. So it's the declaration of what you're doing. And so I'm going to declare to you and we're going to ride along together. That's the number one way I do that. Um, you're not my customer. You're my partner. Mm hmm is that more true in a team environment than in a traditional brokerage model in your view? Or is it, is it kind of about the same? Same. Yeah. Same because you're still in that partnership because here's for a couple of reasons in, and you know, this in a B to C it's a buy sell relationship. You're only as good as the next thing you're selling me. And, and so the other program thing in humans is the customer's always right. Mm -hmm. The difference is for the traditional brokerage is you're there to deliver training, you know, um, probably some, a little bit of advertising, things like that. Now, what I would say is there are some cases in a traditional brokerage where they're really like a, a landlord, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They're hey, pay your fee. Yeah. I leave you alone type thing. Yeah. So there, yeah, there you get into, I mean, you can get into to B2C, but as a whole, the true operational ones, I see it as a B2B. Mm -hmm. I do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Fair. Okay. You've been in the industry for a long time. You've been yeah. in a variety of different roles mm -hmm. and capacities in that. Um, you've seen a lot of things. You're what I'm, this is my long tee up too. <laughs> I love it. Uh, it's great, man. What, what's the, uh, give, give a quick snapshot mm -hmm. of your view of kind of the past and present of the mm -hmm. team model. Mm -hmm. um, how long has it been on the rise? Where are we? And then maybe push to a future trajectory. Mm -hmm. Like um, when did this start to become a thing on your radar? When did we start using this language? And when did you said, oh, this is, this is a thing and it's different. This seems to have some traction. Like, talk about a, some of that inflection along uh, uh, over the years. 
Hey, we'll get right back to this conversation in a matter of seconds, but I've got two quick things for you. First, thank you so much for listening to Real Estate Team OS. Our goal is to bring you a variety of stories, ideas, strategies, and hard-learned lessons to help you grow your business profitably. Second, if you've not yet signed up for weekly emails, you should do that. Just go to realestateteamos.com slash subscribe. You'll get email exclusive insights and guest previews every week, subscriber-only episodes as they release, and instant access to two subscriber-only episodes immediately. Again, it's all at realestateteamos.com slash subscribe. Now, back to the episode. 11 or 12 years ago? Roughly. Mm -hmm. I'd have to go back, but I remember the phone call. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, guy out of Phoenix, he, he says, I just heard you on a podcast. I get it. We're a brokerage within a brokerage. I need to learn how to function like they do. I'm a team. I'm a top team. The guy came back in. So I don't know if it's 11 or 12 years. And, and he followed the same, because the principles were universal. And I can remember um, thinking, ah, I'm not going to mess with teams, even though I know it's different. Nah, I'm not going to mess because I was dealing with a lot of brokerages. And, but then, you know, it, it, he took the same exact principles, blew up his business, started telling people. So anyways, um, you know, I think that, to, and then from there, it's just been this mm -hmm. trajectory that here's my opinion. And I've said it to my good friend, um, uh, and he was a coaching client. I coached him for about four years, three years, Adam Contos, former CEO. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I coached Adam for, for a bit. I says, Adam, three years ago, four years ago, I said, here's a scary fact. And, and this isn't about whether it's Remax, whether it's Cobalt Banker, it is, it is the traditional broker. Mm -hmm. Here's what's scary, and this talks about the progression of the team. Mm -hmm. I could probably put your top 10 broker owners in the world on that side of the table. Mm -hmm. And I could put Justin Haver, um, Gary Ashton, um, Rob Golfie, uh, Peggy Hill, Frank Leo. These are the top 10 in the world in Remax. I'm just mm -hmm. using them as an example. Yeah. And I could do a drop ball of a lead and say, tell me what to do in the first 30 days. They'd be done. And then how do you generate those leads and how do you continue to generate those leads? And what do you do with SEO and how do you handle a PPC and how do you, so here's, here is my, uh, and I've got great broker owner friends and guess what? It's interesting. A lot of broker owners, cause they know that I work primarily teams are coming in and coaching and being in my environment. You want to know why they're smart. They're going, I want to understand this. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, they're passing them up. They're getting passed up. Mm -hmm. And, and so uh, I think that the team model, there's arguments both ways. Sorry. Yeah. Pass, passing them up by their knowledge, their competency, their online presence, value to the agent too. Uh, uh, value to the agent. Okay. Um, lifestyle for the agent yep. too. Yep. Uh, yeah, really good. Um, the, um, it, it is the ease at which they can do what they're meant to do toe to toe and knee to knee with the consumer. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's uh it's tough i mean you and, and the margins too you know you've mm -hmm. got these teams you know i've got some i've got outliers that hit a 35 percent of top line gross mm -hmm. you know you have those anomalies out there and i'm talking a real team not small i mean you get someone small and they're selling they're doing 40 percent. i mean yeah. that's but that's not let's be real right yeah. 
Yeah. So, um, and you see these brokers, they're hoping for, uh, um, like, like if they didn't sell houses, the broker owner, in a lot of cases, they, they wouldn't make a profit. Mm-hmm. Like their sales make the profit and sometimes keep them floating. So, you know, listen, I, I think that, um, it's not going to get easier. I think that they must, and there's big, huge brands out there. They must continue to progress in the online world and understanding the behavior of the internet empowered consumer. And they may say, oh, we do and we this and that. Well, I've sat in those rooms with the broker managers and I've sat in these, and these guys with their SEO and I mean, they're, they're ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, um, I think the online world is one where uh, my advice to any broker owner is, man, work on your skills. Because mm-hmm. I think that, um, I think you'll see these teams roll people in. I've already seen it happen. They're rolling them in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as we record this at FUBCON, mm-hmm. we're like a week removed from your event in Tahoe, your oh, mastermind. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you know, you had amazing people mm-hmm. uh, at the event. Mm-hmm. When you're now a week removed, mm-hmm. refl- I'm sure you spent some time reflecting on like how that whole experience went. Mm-hmm. What are a couple things that like collectively people, that there seems to be some excitement and energy around. And then maybe what are a couple things that there's some anxiety around? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's big anxiety around their modeling. Um, they've got pressure constantly because the first place an agent goes to when their sales go down, oh, well, you should give me a better split. Yeah. Because since I'm making less. Yeah. Yeah. You need, you need to make up that difference for me. Yeah. And I'm yeah. watching and, and, and this is a lot of the conversations, whether it's privately with clients, which you know, I maintain their confidentiality and, um, or, or publicly with someone approaching me. John, I've got pressure. Should I change model? It's this, this immediacy. It's really strange. There's this immediacy to just change model. That's the big one. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've got to give up. I've got to do this hybrid. I've got to offer more. I've got to offer more. And you want to know what's interesting? Do you know the people that are having literally record break? And I would sign someone who did, you know, 10 deals last year and they did 20 deals this year in September. I'm talking about people that their, their best month ever was 30 million. They had 40 million, mm-hmm. right? is they are unwavering their splits are the worst whatever i mean maybe that's not the best but their splits are the lowest um they are just sticking to the standard so that's the one that's the Mm -hmm. one concern um i see i think the and and so it's driven by agent anxiety so it rolls up their their higher demands and they're like how do i deal with this yeah, I mean, yeah. I can't, I'm not making as much money. And, yeah. But here's, here's why that's happening, though. It's a leadership piece. It always comes mm-hmm. back because leaders didn't enforce the standard because if, if the agents had stuck with the standard of the amount of reach-out attempts, the calls, emails, texts in the database instead of cherry-picking, you know, hey, th- their habits would have been pretty good. But right now, the toughest thing to do is, okay, you get to pick changing the behavior of all these agents or bring in new people that believe in it. You're going to change a few of them, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the biggest one. That is the biggest concern. I think the, um, you know, the changing, I, I don't know as much. It's very interesting. I'll hear from other people, but the changing of, you know, the buyer broker, the NAR thing and the settling that's taken place with. Like, what, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Buyer stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, what's interesting, though, is they're all powerhouse branders. Mm-hmm. And my my opinion is that, um, yeah, you, you got to build your skills up and extend your value. I don't see big concern with them. And they're real transparent with me on that one. Um, what do they see as opportunities? The um, it's, it's, it's like never, never land out there to blow your mind. Um, and I saw from bringing it in, but I know YouTube. Hmm. I mean, you know, we bring in a guy that does a million dollars net income 
uh, million dollars in GCI, excuse me, um, in 16 months from startup of an organic page spending no dollars. And, and it's so, what's so interesting. So there was one of those, you know, sexy things, if you will. Um, but it's shocking at their brilliance of the caliber of people in that room that like there was a one out of 250 in that room that is um, generating organic leads regular every month. So that was it. I think the um, uh, honing in on their listing presentation, big time. Um, I typically not, it surprised me because I'm typically looking at, okay, ISAs and lead follow-up and lead conversion and recruiting these business owners. And it's like, oh my goodness, I've been bringing these people together for years and I don't go through their listing process. Yeah, it's them. where we started. It's what are the key things that actually move the needle and let's focus there. Yeah, totally. Yeah, take my own coaching, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm like, whoa. Yeah. They were all over it. Mm -hmm. They were all over it. They really, the listing process, um, uh, the thing is still the mindset theme. Mm -hmm. So um, I've known her for 20 years, someone special in my life. She's a legend, Sherry Chase. She held the record for the highest price home sale in history for years. It was Thunderbird Lodge in Tahoe. Okay. 60 million. Double ended it at um, the rate that um, most okay. of us would like to get. Yeah. We'll say that. Okay. Um, in 98. And so I had her come speak. You know, day in life. She sold 12 homes in her career over 30 million. Wow. I think the big thing that really got them and moved them because she went up. She said nothing about luxury real estate. She talked. She focused on a human you need to become to do luxury real estate. And it moved that whole room. I think there's this, this, when you get in challenging times where you're not feeling as confident and, hey, I'm not hitting my numbers, you know, it's, it, it's easier to take a look at ourselves mm -hmm. a little bit more because you're kind of forced to. So I think there was this real desire of the interpersonal mm -hmm. with these folks. Um, I think that was huge. Um, I'm trying to think which other ones really stood out. The um, marketing and branding was was good. People people like that. But the the listing, um, Deborah's here's what's neat too. You know, Deborah runs an organization. She's got three or four ISAs that will be a part of a hundred sales apiece. Mm -hmm. And so there was a real magnetism towards that and, and and how that runs. Yet then there's other people that run without them and do well too. Yeah. So. Um, That's my favorite thing about these conversations that there's no one way to do no, any of it at all. No. And, uh, and you can take pieces from a variety of different. Always. Others. You know what? It just hit yeah. me. Yes. I think the operations panel was a hit. Mm -hmm. So it was three COOs, one from a $700 million team, a $900 million team, and the other, I don't know, 900 transaction team. They're all just, it was unreal. And so what we did is, and, and it's a safe room. A lot of them are my clients, but mm -hmm. they've been with me for years. And so they gave, you know, the freedom and was what I discussed. How do you deal with the crazy of the visionary? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a thing. Oh, it's a thing. Yeah. And people are just like, so, so you can see the visionary just going, oh my God, that's me. That's yeah. me. That's me. Yeah. That, that one, that was big. Yeah. That's yeah, it was big. Putting, putting, um, other leaders, but you've got to facilitate that environment too. I've got to have leaders in there that feel safe and trust me yeah. to put their people up there also. Um, I, that's not the, I'm wonderful. These, I'm, I'm just fortunate. These people have stuck with me and they've built the community. 
But they really like seeing and hearing from leaders of other organizations, not the team leader. Yeah. They like that. Yep. But other people. Yeah, the guts. Because it's easy to see the on the surface, whether that's on social or anywhere else, it's easy to see the team leader and hear the team leader and the team leader gets... Frankly, I've been talking with a lot of team leaders myself, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, that COO and, and then other positions and Gary, when I had Gary Ashton on, um, oh, he was, he was of course, immediately and very gracious about Deborah and how she makes the whole thing. These are like, she runs everything. <laughs> she calls me the visionary because it appeals to my ego, you know, like, so, so like <laughs> everyone understands, um, that that partnership is key. I mean, she couldn't do it without him. He yeah. couldn't do it without mm -hmm. her. But the person that we tend to talk to the most is is not the operator, and I think mm -hmm. um, I think operations is sexy again oh, in getting is. that way, especially oh, yeah. in this climate. I mean, everyone can yeah. feel like a superhero when the market's up, 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 up. You know, that's this... really I like what you said there because I've got a lot of the operations people. They're crossing over into drive, and they're, I'm like, you're you're a COO sales manager. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're really because it's more process driven, I think, yeah. than it's been ever before. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, once that ISA model becomes uh, so standard and more and more and more people are implementing it and that organization within the larger organization gets more complex as the business gets more complex because it's getting larger and the market is changing and all these other things that drive additional complexity. You need that skill set more than ever because the personality is not going to carry it. The vision's not going to carry it alone. Uh, you really need that partnership at the risk of running long and keeping you too long. My privilege. I, I heard yeah. your go at PL versus PL. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah. yeah Profit yeah. and loss versus people in their people lives. In their sure. lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and mm -hmm. the reason I want to close on this is that mm -hmm. again, this is this is where we started as well. Is the like to me, the profit and loss, there are precursors and indicators that we can watch and we can track and trend and see if we're ahead of pace, behind pace, whatever, and adjust as we need to, particularly adjust expenses. To, to manage what we're seeing in terms of top line. Mm -hmm. But it's such a trailing indicator, even as we're watching it trend through the course of a quarter, through the course of a year. And all it is, is the end result of the, and we'll, I'll go to a lazy football analogy. You know, you see the score at the end of the quarter, you see the score at the end of the game, mm -hmm. but that score is simply a reflection of everything that happened moment by moment in the 15 clock minutes leading up to the end of that quarter. And so I just really appreciated this sensitivity mm. a toward the human, because mm. this is still, if it wasn't as human to human, a business, we would have seen a lot more of these, um, startups that oh, are, sure. that are trying to move the human out of the thing. This is a human business. Great. And the only way to motivate people is to connect with their own lives. So like, I, I would be remiss if I did not create an opportunity uh. to get that go. Mm -hmm. into this show not just your own sure yeah, yeah. you know um I, sh I shared it on stage and i mean i'm young today but you know in 2000 in 2000 so that's 23 up 34 years old i mean my business matured not even close and i remember just it was sheer force and tear and i got brought over because i could hit numbers i mean i was managing an office doing 1483 transactions in 98 one office one assistant manager and just clocking and the um, the first thing that Ed Kraftchow said to me when I came over to be the GM, um, I waited till the first check cleared to go, why the hell did you hire me? I went from 100 agents to 100 offices and 5,000 agents. And But anyways, um, he said, you're going to do really, really well if you abandon 
all of your real estate knowledge because it's there. It's in the unconscious. You're good. But I need you to study. I need you to obsess over human behavior. He says, we can throw everything. I remember this speech. We can throw everything out on the streets. It's worth pennies on the dollar. But that human being is an elevator asset. They come in the building. The asset's there. That's 100000 retained company dollar. That's 250000 retained company. And guess what? That asset goes home, and you got to make sure they come back. And so uh, that taught me. It matured me and I, because I was just so that driven part. And then, then he started to teach me empathy, you know, because I just, you know, again, youthfulness and, and that of why do it? They should do. They said they wanted to make this money. I'm showing out. I mean, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it was um, some real hard experiences that he allowed me to have. Mm-hmm. He allowed me to fail, um, but not really fail. He says it's a lesson. He says, I can't. I, I have to take risks like that so you can self-discover. So that's where I got it. And, and I was open to it. It was hard because he was tough. He's that true mentor. Um, and, and I saw it take place when we were open up startup offices, we were mm-hmm. walking agents over. It just changed every dynamic. And so what I do know is we are in a for-profit business, but people move the money. And if you, if you do not have deep psychological and emotional bonds with people, if you do not connect at the heart, um, it's going to be very, very, very temporary. The, um, and it's going to be a temporary production if they get up and up and running and or it's going to be a temporary relationship if they get up and running over time but it was just transactional and so i learned it from there and with blind faith i listened to him and he's been right he's been right because the heart chooses the mind justifies so um if i can and the other thing too is i can't make someone do something i had to learn that one and so so if I can get to this At depth, least not to do it well. Right. But if I can get to this depth of what, what, can, what can this do for your life? I'm not, not freedom. What's freedom? Okay. And, and this or that or that. No, I mean, what is something? What, what is something if you touch your heart, you feel it beat out of your chest as a result of this work we do? My likelihood of having them do the work versus the person says, okay. Here's the math equation. Make this many calls, do this to this. So long answer to that short question, but it was someone that, um, you know, everything I have has been generously transferred to me, um, but I was open to it and took action. Yeah, that's great leadership, by the way, to give you an opportunity to learn through the thing. The other thing too, um, is that when you do that with people, not only are they more likely to succeed, they're more likely to stick with you when you messed up or things go sideways or whatever. Yeah. John, the way that I've been ending these is giving people two questions and you get to choose which one you answer. Right. And they're That's related. Yeah, cool. But I'm, I'm going to take the mm-hmm. choice off the table for you. Yeah, cool. I'll read the whole, I'll give you the whole question. Yeah. But I'm going I'm to have you answer the second one. So one of, the, one of the pairs of questions I ask is, you know, what does it look like for you to continue learning, growing, and developing? Mm-hmm. Or... What does it look like for you to rest, relax, and recharge? And I want to know how you rest, relax, and recharge. Mm -hmm. Because I don't have any question about how you continue learning, growing, and developing. You're constantly engaged with Mm -hmm. so many people. Mm -hmm. You're producing your own content, um, you know, through these conversations and the things that you're learning. I I feel like I have a zone there. Mm -hmm. 
feel free to feel free to give me something that I'm blind to. But I really want to know how someone like you, um, high energy, highly productive, super engaged, locked in so often in so many environments. How do you turn that off? Sure. Or Uh, how often or how? Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's typically with my wife. Um, And uh, but prior to that, we just got married in April. But, you know, we've been together a year or two before then. I mean, we're friends, like just not even, um, but my, my time today is with her cause she's the same. Mm-hmm. She's just full blown. I mean, 4.30 AM, she's in the gym. She is, uh, eating perfect. She wants to get her two little girls ready the morning time and take them to school. And then she runs a beautiful real estate business herself. Uh, it is with her and our best time is literally, and people laugh Saturday. We bought this cloud at restoration hardware. And she hates it because it's got the the wilty pillow, so it looks terrible. But she loves it because when you lay in that cloud, you just it's like it's trapped the family. So it's it, it it's one of two things. Like our thing, we will just lay and spend time together, and maybe we're reading a book, or um, maybe we're just chatting. Uh, our home, we are very introverted. Um, we go out and do the things that we need to do, but we don't do social things. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got our friendships through this business and the work yeah, that we do in front of a lot of people. So, so it's there or it's in the mountains with her and gosh, you know, if I'm home every Saturday, we shut it down close yeah. to every Saturday. Yeah. I mean, and then the mountains, we just got back from, uh, nine days in Tahoe. Mm-hmm. Two days was my event, Yeah, but we just go out and sit on a rock. Yeah. So yeah, my best thing is the mountains and then just simple stuff with her. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I feel like there's an accountability in that between your two personalities to like, no, 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 we are turning off. Are we turning off? We're turning off. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We sneak yeah. Wait, are you, oh, you're on the phone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's good. Cool. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing yeah. that. And thank you so much for spending this time with me. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it, man. Great opportunity. Thanks for checking out this episode of team OS for email exclusive insights. Every week, sign up at realestateteamos.com. <laughs>